Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Monday. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, I want to remind you to listen on Wednesday for your chance to win University of Utah running Utes basketball tickets. Experience the excitement of Utah basketball all season long as as the Utes battle for a place atop Pac-12 standings. Tickets are available and include a variety of pricing options. Visit utahutes.com or simply listen this Wednesday for your opportunity to win. All right, we will get back to uh, talking about the topic of the day. Kobe Bryant, of course, and his uh, untimely passing yesterday in a helicopter crash. Uh, But we do have some Jazz news. The Jazz do play tonight, Gordon, and uh, they take on the Houston Rockets as the schedule uh, continues to turn toward the difficult. And uh, the news coming out from Tim McMahon of ESPN, James Harden will not play tonight uh, against the Jazz, according to a source of his. And uh, we already know that Russell Westbrook will not play tonight. He does not play on back-to-backs. So uh, Clint Capella is out tonight as well. So it's going to be a little bit of a skeleton crew for the Houston Rockets here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. So the uh, the Rockets are going to be what? A flare? Mm. Boy, we missed you, Gordon. Well, it's not the Rockets. But, <laughs> no, you know, the Jazz will take another victory. if they. Can. You have to be careful with teams like that sometimes because the guys who are left to play they are quite determined to uh, make a good showing but with the way the jazz are playing uh it's it's impressive it's impressive what the jazz are doing and you can we take this thing apart and put it back together you have all these different parts that are working well both together and individually and in that win over the mavs you saw rudy gobert kind of take over a game that when his team needed him and he he did exactly that, and now the Jazz are thirty two and thirteen, and uh, they're in second place in the West. And I guess the Clippers are tied with them, but the Jazz have a, a greater win percentage, right? Because they have fewer losses. Gordon, you were not with uh, with us last week, but there were two really major Jazz topics, right? Because they just smoked Golden State on Wednesday. I mean, yeah. just creamed them, and Golden State's terrible. And Willie Colley-Stein was just awful against Rudy, and then gets traded to Dallas the next day, which is kind of hilarious, although he did not play on uh, on Saturday. But the two big topics, Gordon, were Mike Conley, of course, uh, you know his reinsertion into the lineup and how that's going to go, and if he'll continue to come off the bench and that sort of thing. And then the other was, as the schedule turns, are the Jazz prepared to take this level of basketball against stiffer competition and it gets hard yeah i mean tonight's game against houston aside they'll they'll play houston again they'll play dallas again they play denver twice san antonio twice portland twice i mean miami makes miami in there i mean it's 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 a stiff competition and the game against dallas gordon the jazz i don't want to say they played great because they they trailed and didn't look great at times against dallas but boy gordon when it came down to the fourth quarter and winning time everybody stepped up. And Rudy Gobert had his best game of the year, and you could argue the best game of his career. He was amazing all night long on Saturday. 22-17 and and five blocks. And and Gordon Garden guys on the perimeter. Was he perfect from the floor, too? Eight of eight. Yep. I mean, it was it was a truly amazing performance. And Donovan Mitchell didn't have it going for most of the game. Boy, did he in the fourth quarter. 
But, I mean, Rudy carried the team for most of that game and deserves an unbelievable amount of credit. In fact, Ennis Cantor, of all people, was tweeting out that Rudy better make the All-Star team this year. Well, yeah, I agree with that completely. I think both Rudy and Donovan will make it. I think so, too. I think one of the biggest storylines in the game against Dallas is Luka Doncic came out in the first half, Gordon, and was electric. I mean, he was awesome and borderline unstoppable. And the Jazz made an adjustment in the first half and then at halftime, and Luka had an okay game. He, he was okay. And, in fact, he was bad down the stretch and in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Jazz just totally out outshined Dallas. And Dallas is a really good team. I mean, a lot of those folks out there were doubting the Jazz because of the schedule. That's a great win. That was yeah, a great win. I agree with that, and they'll have uh, the opportunity, and they have positioned themselves to take advantage of the opportunity against different competition right now. Earlier in the year, I don't think they were ready. Now I think they are, and we'll find out whether whether that's a correct conclusion to draw at this point. But what was the overall uh, thought on how it's going? The reentry of Conley. Um. Most people think positively. I mean, if, well, first of all, and, and Locke came on and gave this perspective, and, and it's right. Conley's being a good teammate, coming back and being willing to come off the bench and kind of ease his way into it a little bit. I mean, he's got to give his personal permission. He's a $30 million guy, and he's right. Mike Conley. I mean, he could be a Carlos Boozer where he says, I'm a starter, period, and maybe put up a little bit of a stink, but he's not doing that. He's coming in, and he's saying, all right. Well, let me ease back into this, and and we'll figure out the best way, you know, to make him maximize his abilities. And so, so will I, he be starting by the end of February? I think so. I mean, I think, you know, people, some people out there might disagree, but I think that's the general consensus is he'll work back into the starting lineup, and Royce O'Neal uh, will go to the bench. And you know, part of the reason they might have extended Royce was to soften that a little bit, so Royce didn't have to worry about it so much. I think that's eventually where it will get. But I got to be honest, Mike didn't play very well against Dallas. It, out of the games in his return so far, I thought that maybe outside of the first one, I thought that he struggled a little bit in that one. It did not finish the game. He was not part of the lineup to finish the game. Are you still subscribing to the idea that uh, Conley has to? be a star player for the Jazz to to really see any kind of significant success Does in define, the postseason. Define star. One start, two finish games, and I'd say score 15-plus points a game and dish out five assists. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll say yes to that if, the, if that's kind of statistically where you want to set the bar. I, I think if you want to broaden it out a little bit, Gordon, I think he has to be good. I think he has to contribute in a major way. That's a great point. He has to make the right, get the ball to the right place at the right, right. time. It's that's that's what they that's why they wanted him all along. I think, and again, I, I love stealing stealing David Locke's material. But uh, you know, I asked David uh, about if maybe this was a, a good thing that Mike took a step back, and he said, "No, I mean, not take a step back per se. But what this time out for Mike Conley did do was reassert Donovan's." dominance in the locker room that this is Donovan's team and that sounds so negative and that's not how Locke put it and it's not how he meant it like remember and he brought this up remember the big story when the Jazz traded for Donovan or for Mike Conley that Donovan Mitchell flew out to work out with Mike right I mean this great NBA player who has so much to teach and even that is kind of like hey Mike you're you're the guy I want to learn from you and you're not doing that on purpose it's more a 
just kind of he's younger, right? He's right. younger in the league, doesn't have the experience. And so maybe the chemistry was a little confused when Mike got here. And this time without Conley, with the Jazz winning so much, kind of reasserts to everybody like, this is Donovan's team. And not no offense to Rudy, it's Rudy's team too, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I think the message was confused, but I think so was Mike Conley. I think he was too, right, right. So now he can come back and go, all right. Well, this is Donovan and Rudy's team, so now i got to figure out how I'm going to be Mike Conley on Donovan and Rudy's team, and that's what needs to happen. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, and I, if you can put a statistical value on that, I kind of like where your mind's at. That seems reasonable to me, well, but I think that's I, the overall objective. Well, the reason I picked those numbers is because they're not splashy or flashy or, you know, I mean, they're just kind of solid. And that's what I think he needs to do. He right. needs to go out, play solid basketball, make smart decisions on the floor, and set up his teammates. And if he does that, and play some defense too. Because the Jazz are going to need a stronger effort on the perimeter, I think, defensively. Rudy can't do it all. See, now here, if we want to really get into the weeds on this thing, this is I, I think what you're saying is very important because that's how he's going to finish games. One thing against Dallas with Royce O'Neal finishing is you know you've got a, a pretty stalwart perimeter defender out there that can do some things like Gordon. He came up with a steal uh, on Luka Doncic in the closing moments that was important to the end of that game as anything, where, where Luka kind of did a weak crossover and Royce got his paw in there and poked it loose, and it was huge. It was one of the biggest plays of the game. He also hit that big three. And he hit that big three, which mm-hmm. I also think is important because Donovan passed him that ball, and I like telling you how right I am, but uh, you know, <laughs> you don't always have to be the quote-unquote superstar in the clutch. Making the important pass, also important, and Royce buried that. And Royce was not having a good offensive game either. And Donovan showed him some confidence, and he knocked it down. I thought that was an important moment. But that defensive bite, if Con- if you have to hide Mike Conley on defense, it's going to be tough for him to close yeah. games. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. It's a good point. That is maybe the single most important thing to watch from here on out. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to Mark Madsen. He's the head basketball coach at UVU, but, of course, he was a longtime teammate of Kobe Bryant. We'll talk to him about uh, memories and his feelings and characteristics of, of course, the Laker legend coming up next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. I'm wondering when you're playing this well, does the way Quinn interact with the team change at all? He's the same guy today that he is six years ago when he first got the job. And that's hard to do to stay so focused and determined to keep this franchise going and obviously heading in the right direction. And obviously everyone that's watched closely for the six years Quinn's been here, he's a big part of this massive change that's happened. A lot is the culture and what he does and what he brings and what he stands for. Utah is lucky to have him and Hopefully he's well. He just extended, didn't he? So he's yeah. he's here for a bit longer. Oh yeah! Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. Just a reminder, the Jazz take on the Rockets tonight. Tip-off at 7 o'clock here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Pre-game begins at 6. Ben Anderson of KSL Sports is going to uh, join me for pre-half and post-game coverage tonight. 
We're going to talk to Mark Madsen, head coach at UVU, in one moment. Of course, a longtime teammate with Kobe Bryant, NBA champion with Kobe Bryant. Well, we saw the dance. We did. The celebratory dance. Didn't he have like didn't he have like a Dr. Pepper in his hand or something too or some I'm not sure. I don't remember it that vividly. Just I, remember the dance. Yeah, the dance uh, he was out of step a little bit. But yeah. uh, so would I have been. But you on the other hand I'd have been right there. Just grooving. <laughs> Here to accomplish Jitterbug. Exactly. What dance would you have uh do you prefer? Uh the Macarena. I could have I could have pulled out a Macarena, that could have happened. The the electric slide. The Cupid Shuffle, <laughs> all the great, all the great wedding line. Dances. The sprinkler, I could, I could do the sprinkler. The lawnmower, yeah, we could do it all. We can oh. make it happen. All right, whatever, whatever you would want, Gordon. Uh, and we're hoping to talk to Mark coming up here. If you're just joining us, James Harden, according to Tim McMahon of ESPN, will not play for the Rockets tonight. We already knew that Russell Westbrook would uh, is going to be out of the lineup as well. So this should be a fairly winnable game for the Utah Jazz tonight. Skeleton crew, and uh, with the way the Jazz are playing, with the focus with which they're playing, I would expect them to be able to take care of that business. All right, uh, with that, let's uh, jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Uh, lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He's the head coach at UVU and former Laker, of course. Mark Madsen with us on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coach, thank you very, very much for a few minutes. How are you doing today? It's been a tough day. It's been a tough couple of days, but, um, you know, hanging in there and just, I, I think, reflective on, everything that's that's happened and uh but it's been a tough couple days so mark explain to uh to our listeners what your relationship was like with kobe and and how you viewed him and what you saw out of him what are your memories well first of all my memory is just kobe is a great man he's a family man he's a great human being um you know, for three years as a player, I spent more time with him than as a teammate. We we're always together as a, as a team. So you end up spending more time with your teammates sometimes than you do your own family. And so I spent a lot of time with him. Um, early in my career, my first year, there was nothing but love between Kobe and I. Years two and three, it was hard because Kobe kind of amped up the the pressure and the expectation on me as a, as a player and a teammate. And I wasn't necessarily ready for it. And so there were some very difficult moments when Kobe was getting after me, demanding more. And I was pushed further than I thought I could be pushed. Um, and I had to develop thick skin. And by the way, everybody in the NBA has thick skin. <laughs> and so, but, but Kobe really pushed me hard. And so years two and three at the Lakers were difficult for me at times because of it, it was uncomfortable. Um, and then I went back and I coached Kobe in 2013 and our relationship grew. Um, it grew and it evolved. And, you know, even during those early years, the, the kind of some of those hard years, we, we still had some great times together, but ultimately I love him. He, he really helped me grow and progress as a player in the NBA. He, I, I got much tougher and uh, I became a much better player with, with Kobe pushing me. Is that a is that unique from a teammate perspective, Mark? Is that is that was that demand something that was unique from Kobe Bryant? 
let me put it this way. I played with Kevin Garnett for three years in Minnesota, and Kevin Garnett's known as a fiery individual. And that, that was a walk in the park on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> compared to Kobe. And, and again, this isn't a criticism. This is just, it was extremely, anyone that plays sports, even in high school, coaches are demanding, teammates are demanding, but I had never experienced this level of demand. And I have never since experienced that level of demand. And, and uh, I, I'm, that's the reality of the situation. But I love Kobe. And as demanding as he was and as uncomfortable as it was at times, um, we also had a lot of great times together during those years as a player. Aside from what you've already said there, what, what, what made Kobe as great as he was? Well, sometimes you'll have an athlete or a musician that has all the talent in the world, but they have no work ethic. And then sometimes, you know, you have a player of any sport that has an amazing work ethic, but no talent. Um, Kobe had both. He, he had the most amazing work ethic, and his talent was once in a generation. And then there's a third thing he had, which was just the most competitive, fearless person who had a ferocity when he played the game. And you add all that together, and it was the gold standard of basketball. You know, you talk about Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and that's, you know, that, that's kind of the echelon right there. And, and Kobe, he, he helped set the bar. So we've had a couple of guests say, say that and talk about that characteristic, that competitiveness, that fire. Uh, where does that come from, Mark? Is, is someone born with that or do they develop it or how did it go with Kobe? You know, I don't know. I'm not sure on that. But I know this. Kobe made a commitment to the Lakers. He made a commitment to the Buss family, to Dr. Buss, that, that he was going to give it his all. And he gave everything he had when he was in practice. He gave everything he had when, when he was in games. And so I just think for whatever reason, Kobe had this level of commitment that was just you rarely see in anything. He had it, and it was, it was a powerful example. Mark Matson is with us. Coach Mark Matson, of course, head coach at UVU on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Mark, one thing I've noticed over the past uh, 24 hours is all the younger players talking about uh, a role Kobe had in their development. I mean, guys like Donovan Mitchell, who talked at shoot-around today, who did not play at the same time as Kobe but had a connection and, and communication. It seemed like Kobe was making a real effort to to give to the next generation. And kind of with that in mind, as you find yourself coaching that next generation, Generation, will you let us in on a couple of things that you want to pass on to your players that maybe you learned from him? Well, I, I think a few things. Number one, work ethic. I mean, Kobe's work ethic. The first time I met him, I was in the uh, Toyota Center, which was the old practice site for the Lakers. And I was in there working, and I introduced myself to Kobe, and I said, hey, are you coming in to work out? It was about 10 a.m. I just finished lifting weights, and he said, no, I already got at 5 a.m., and I've gotten 2,000 shots up, 2,000 makes. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. So few NBA players get up at 5 in the morning and make 2,000 shots. I mean, it's kind of, you get up between 7 and 9.30, and you start your day. But that was Kobe, just the work ethic. Um, 
I think Kobe was a great communicator. You know, I mentioned some of the years two and three were difficult for me. We butted heads on a few things, and, you know, he, he wanted more from me. And, and sometimes it was, it was uncomfortable, and I went to him, and I said, Kobe, why did you do this this way? And, and, and we hashed it out, and we talked it out. And in, in calm moments, I mean, he, you could talk to him about pretty much anything, and he would listen. And I respect that. I respect that greatly. Um, and so I, I actually talked to our players today and I talked to them about the importance of communication. I think Kobe was a great communicator. He was going to speak his mind. He wasn't afraid of saying something that wasn't politically correct. He was going to speak his mind. He was going to tell you what he saw and what he felt. And, uh, I respect that. So, Mark, in a situation in practice, uh, Kobe was well-known for being intense like you were talking about in those settings. What happened when Kobe, you found yourself guarding Kobe and he's got the ball in his hand and you're standing between him and the basket? <laughs> well, you kind of just said, I'm going to get as low as possible and, and, and try not to get crossed over. Um, I, I, can't, it, I remember there was one time in practice where I think Kobe did cross me over. And, uh, you know, I think I might have fallen down. I can't remember if it was Kobe or somebody else, but Phil Jackson blew the whistle. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was just, hey, you got crossed by Kobe and you fell down. That happens to pro players sometimes, and I think it probably happened to me that day. But um, And sometimes you just have to just laugh. But, but his talent was greater than anyone else. I mean, his talent level was off the charts. Mark Matson with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, and Mark, uh, we've heard so much about Kobe on the floor and, and his work ethic and, and determination and focus, you know, those words that are kind of synonymous with him. Can you tell us a little bit about him off the floor? Did that change? So I knew Kobe. I was trying to think about this today. I think I knew him either before he met his wife or right after he met his wife, but they were still dating at the time. They weren't yet married. And so... I was on the team when they had their first baby. And, and I remember we were coming back from Sacramento and I think he just, you know, he was so excited and, and he showed me a picture of, uh, of their new child. And it, it, he was, he was more excited for his family than he was for basketball in, in some ways. And I think that's really what defines Kobe for me is how much he cared about his daughters and his wife. Um, when I went back in 2013, he was he was always with them. He would come to a game. He was with his wife or his daughters, and he just that's what he wanted. He talked about a few things. He talked about basketball. He talked about storytelling, which is what he wanted to get into after he was done playing basketball. But what he really cared about was his family and his daughters. That was part of the reason he got the helicopter in the first place, isn't it? Just so he could make a faster commute, so he could get back and spend time with his daughters. Man, that that's heart wrenching. You know, it is heart-wrenching. And I remember landing. He, he did not use a helicopter when I was playing with him, but when I coached him, I remember we landed once, and, and you hear the helicopter coming down in the middle of the night, and Kobe goes over to the helicopter, and he's up in the air two minutes later going down to Orange County, the Newport Beach area. And and so I thought it was great. I, I thought it was great that he did it, but this, for his life to end in that way it is sad. Well, Mark, uh, thank you so much for coming on with us and, and sharing some insight and some memories. We, we really, really appreciate it. Congratulations with all you're doing down there at UVU, and thanks again. 
Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Thanks, Coach. Coach Mark Madsen, uh, former uh, teammate of Kobe Bryant, former Laker, and, of course, current head coach at UVU. Thanks uh, to him for coming on and, and sharing with us a little bit. That It's not easy, Gordon. What do you suppose that was like being Kobe's teammate and then coaching him? Oh, man, I bet it would be... I bet it would be difficult in the sense that it's like a totally different relationship. But, you know, Quinn Snyder hasn't – well, let me put it this way. Kobe actually seems to me like he'd be the type of person that would respond to coaching. I agree with that. I I think you're 100% right. And if someone can present some sort of knowledge to him, it doesn't matter whether who it was coming from. He would soak that up. He would respect it. And I know that Quinn Snyder, especially today at shoot-around, didn't didn't talk a ton of about it. And he hasn't talked a ton about it in general. But when he does talk about Kobe, it's he talks about uh, the the relationship was a give and take. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like Kobe responded to Quinn as much as Quinn responded to Kobe. And I, I get the impression that he'll listen if you have something to share with him. I can confirm that. I can confirm that Kobe Bryant thought – very highly of Quinn Snyder and his basketball knowledge. Right. I mean, and uh, and Kobe was the type that respected the physical abilities of great players. But what's up here between the years, man? He respected that too. Certainly did in the case of Quinn Snyder. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So so big big thanks. Um, to uh, to Coach Madsen for joining us. Uh, greatly appreciate a, a moment of his time. And I think you could tell um, in his voice there that, that it, it hasn't been easy for him. No. That that's, that's been difficult, and he obviously has a, a relationship with him. So. Well, he was a friend. Who, you can't lose a friend without it uh, chipping away at your heart. Man. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. All right, Gordon, we do have some news uh, in regards to the game tonight. We have found out the starting lineup for the Houston Rockets. All right, get your I get your roster out and see if you know who these folks are. Brace yourself, Gordon. Eric Gordon will be starting. Austin Rivers. We all know him. Uh, ben McLemore, Daniel House, and P.J. Tucker. Okay. Uh, meaning that uh, no James Harden, no Russell Westbrook, and no Clint Capella. All out for tonight's game against the Utah Jazz. Well, that will be a challenge for them then, oh, won't it? You know, that's that's one thing. And just to talk some some basketball here for a moment, um, when you put so much on one single player, uh, which <laughs> which James Harden honestly takes upon himself. Well, maybe they get a uh, get out of jail card. It makes things difficult. Maybe yeah. they can go out and play free and and have some fun. And maybe that's the case. But I, I will tell you, and I'm I'm knocking on as much wood as possible that it. it it does make me concerned. Like Rudy needs to stay healthy. I mean, the 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 Rockets depend on James Harden in such a different way than the Jazz depend on Rudy Gobert. But I don't think it's any less important. Yeah, that's a great point. I agree with that. And Rudy, I mean, you look at that game against Dallas. Rudy, Rudy is just so unbelievably important to the Utah Jazz. Unbelievable. Alaka has been uh, throwing the stat around where the Jazz on nights where they're just average or above offensively, like middle of the league. Uh, offensive rating wise or above, uh, they are something like twenty three and one hmm. because Rudy has that much impact defensively. So you just need to give him enough, <laughs> and he'll make sure you take it home. And he he embraces that. Oh and yeah, he's taken that on himself. That block that we were talking about earlier in the show, where he spun around, it's almost as though he is fully aware that the Jazz need him 
to make those kinds of plays. You wouldn't expect somebody to make a play like that, but he has accepted that as his primary role. That block was pretty amazing because he was adjusting. They swung the ball to DeLon Wright. DeLon Wright certainly wasn't originally Rudy's guy. Right. And he's making a recovery on a play, and he saw DeLon make the drive. And I I was glad that a lot of national folks didn't say, oh, look at him spin Rudy around, because he did not spin Rudy around. Rudy planted his foot and (laughs) pivoted right toward the basket to get that block shot. If he had gone the other way to not spin around, he's Uh not making it. It was brilliant. Okay, so what is the word that describes all of that? Awareness. Oh, yeah. I at, mean, at the defensive end, he is very aware, and at the offensive end to some extent, he is aware of what his team needs him to do, what his team needs him to be, and then he fills that role. And it may be, as I look around the league, I think Rudy Gobert's role with the Jazz is, I can't think of, two or three players who have a more important role on their team. And thus, I think it's an interesting comparison to And Harden. the Jazz are one of the best teams in the league. I right. mean, it is time to start looking at the Jazz as a true contender. Uh, enough of this talk about competing for a chance at the Western Conference Finals. This team is a real threat now. In the West, didn't Charles Barkley say this? He said it was the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Clippers. And Can someone else the, say no, it, please? No. <laughs> What's that? Can someone else say it that I trust their opinion more? Or? You don't like Charles? Charles Barkley? Yeah. I'm sure he heard someone say that once. Yeah. And you who, know, who was it someone? I don't know. I just don't know that the man has many original thoughts. How about this? I think I think Austin's Really? I, I love listening to Charles Oh, Barkley. I do too. But let's just say some of his predictions have not been... Terrible. Well, that's you know, <laughs> accurate. So I get what Austin's getting at. Yeah, there. but uh, I, I get that. Nobody can really predict with uh, absolute accuracy. I mean, if we're having a hot dog eating contest, <laughs> give him a call. But okay. All right. I just think the Jazz have elevated their profile to the point now, and given uh, the fact that they've had a bit of an easier run of late, but uh, it has enabled them to get their feet under them, and now they are prepared to compete against the best teams. In the league, I agree with you. But how many good wins do they have to have until we can st- stop having to qualify everything? That was part of the discussion last week. Like, I know that the Jazz haven't played anybody, but I mean that was the whole thing. Well, like, they, they, I, they, how many good teams do they have to beat until we can stop having to say that? Because they beat Dallas on Saturday. That was yeah. a good win. Yeah, yeah, that was a good win, and they didn't uh, play at their best offensively by any means, and, and they still you came take away with any the win. of the best teams in the league if they go up against uh, you know playoff teams. Night after night after night, they're going to they're going to struggle a little bit more against that kind of competition. So if the Jazz struggle a little more, well, okay then. Right. So would anybody else? Right. But I I don't know if they're going to struggle. You the quote unquote struggle, yeah, whatever we'll your definition the three of, and a half of games that term. The Lakers, man. I mean, they are on the they are climbing up that mountain. They are, and and I'm with you. I I don't know if I'd favor the Jazz in any playoff series that would begin today, but you certainly give them the chance. And the way that they're playing now, if they can continue that, they're going to beat a lot of teams. But the thing is, they need to be peaking going into the playoffs, and they still have some things to figure out to be peaking. Well, that might be good news. It absolutely could be good news. Yeah, I agree. You don't want we to be peaking about, right now by any ta- means. Well, we talked about Mike Conley earlier and his role and how, how advanced will he get in that, in that way. What other areas need to advance? 
Well, there may be one more move to be made out there. You think? Yeah. I mean, I love what Tony Bradley's doing, but you might want a little front court insurance. Hmm. Because Ed Davis, I, I think we know Ed Davis isn't going to give him much. And he's got a contract where possibly you could parlay him into at least another useful bench piece. And maybe you could move that into some support for the front court with Tony Bradley. That would be what I would consider. I mean, we're getting a little nitpicky, I suppose. But If you're going to do that, you better do it sooner rather than later, right? I mean, Well, the trade deadline isn't exactly months away. Yeah, so I think they, yes, they've got to Well, I mean, it's just for the formulation process, you, they uh, need to get there, get everything all set. But that could happen. I mean, something along those lines. I also think the perimeter defense should get better. Well, Mike Conley's probably not going to help that. So, well, who is? Well, you, I know you can't stand Royce O'Neal's game, but I think, you know, I think that that's he's pretty you good keep on the saying perimeter. That's just because I don't think Royce O'Neal should be an All Star. You just barbecue Royce on a daily I do basis. Not. Why? I, do I don't not. know why you don't do that or why you do that. Excuse me. See what's happening here is that you think he should be an All Star, and I think he's not that good. I think he's. All right, you said it. There you go. No, I don't need to say. I don't not, need to say anything no, no, else. That's it. Not, All right. Not, One that, more next. No, no, he's not. I didn't say he's. Not, <laughs> I didn't mean he's not that good. I meant that he's not All Star good. Because mm. that's not what I heard. Austin, <laughs> no. no judges. Oh boy, uh, it's unanimous. You're in trouble. What else do the Jazz need to do, Austin? Since Jake score is more points than the opponent. Oh, brother. More times than anybody. Stay tuned. We'll get some final thoughts on uh, from Gordon on Kobe Bryant and uh, maybe a prediction <laughs> oh, for the Jazz man. game. Ben Anderson will be in at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 12.80. The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. This market, Tony, I think is unique to the Kobe Bryant yes. journey. We had the privilege of seeing one of the top five talents to ever lace it up at least two times a season right here in Salt Lake City. And then the playoff matchups, they all wrapped up in a poetic, beautiful moment where, yeah, the Jazz were the team against him when he finished his career with 60 points at Staples Center. You have great memories, whether it was a heartbreak and a finish or whether it was an exhilarating Jazz win and the way Kobe competed and fought, it was really something special to be around and Kobe's performances were fun but the rivalry and the competition and the fact that the fans got to feel like they were a part of that competition in the good ways is a thing of beauty and something I think we'll miss forever. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Can't wait for Wednesday. Actually, can't wait for tomorrow. Let me put it that way. Uh, big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up Big Show. Coming up top 6 o'clock hour, we'll have Jazz Game Night pregame show. Ben Anderson of KSL Sports going to be along for the ride tonight, pre, half, and post-game show. But i got to tell you, Gordon, it's good to see you, my man. I'm glad you had a good vacation. 
and uh, we we were excited to get you back. Well, I was glad to to be back, even though, well, yeah, I was enjoying myself. I'm sure you were enjoying yourself. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know, 80 degrees, soft uh, Pacific breezes, uh, beautiful blue ocean. Seems like you had some pretty good sun management. It looks like you you got some color, but you don't I look. Stayed, uh, I stayed. I really stayed away. You, you mean, don't look like you were uh, overexposed, no, no, so to speak. I, I was. I was trying to be at good. least not by the sun. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I saw some exposure over there. <laughs> How'd that go? Uh, let's just say that uh, modern swimsuit. Fashion seems to be minimalized. How so? I it just it just is like the color the color schemes. <laughs> no, the actual fabric. Oh, so that's what you can get. Or so you did enjoy your trip then? No, I was. Uh, of course, I wouldn't overcook that. Wait, overcook what? <laughs> Of course, okay. I wouldn't overcook right. that. Tell, what does I'll that tell, even I'll mean? I'll tell you a story. Next, right next to where we were sitting on the beach, right next to us, was a a woman who was a swimsuit model, who was changing her swimwear, right there, right there, and you know, it's not like I was like staring or anything, but. It sounds like you were. It sounds like kind of sounds like you were. Well, it was. I mean, it was right there. How did you know she was a swimwear model? Because they were taking pictures of her. But she was. She was. I don't know how you do that. How do you put on a bathing suit, a swimsuit, and hide it from your pervy neighbor? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she must have tried on twenty-five different swimsuits. Stop. I'm not kidding. Stop. And, of course, to how long over this uh, period? That's got to be a few hours, and you didn't budge, did you? <laughs> I was very comfortable. Gordon, girl. you hungry? No, no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Well, actually, I'm fine right here. Actually, one of my friends, his wife came over and sat down. She, all, the, all the fellows were over here, and one of my friends... Uh, his his wife came over and and, and, and parked it right right in front of parked it where, where the swimsuit model was, and uh, and he said he said to her, "Honey, can you move over just to the left?" So so there was a line of you watching this girl, huh? <laughs> well, we, it wasn't like that's we were. Not, it wasn't creepy. That's not. Like, let me think what the kids are going to say. That's not cool. <laughs> How you was know, it not creepy? Oh, she knew she knew what she was doing. <laughs> so did you. Why is why, what does she know knew what she was doing? What does that have to do with anything? Oh, that's horrendous. Just a line of guys like, hey, and she what, must have who, changed she, Wendy her, Peppercorn? She must have changed her swimwear 25 times. How long were you out there? You didn't take a break? You didn't have to pee? It was all done tastefully, but it was just it not was, a chance. It was hard to really not look. <laughs> There's nothing tasteful about this story. <laughs> well, we were there first. Wait, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I don't know. It's just that, yeah, 
it seems like fashion. Beach, what, what was beach your fashion? Is really what was your favorite swimsuit, really... Gordon? What, what color? What cut? <laughs> My wife's. It doesn't sound like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely was. My wife can pull See, off. Now... She can, not only can she pull on, but she can pull off a swimsuit. Okay. And now you're backpedaling because you know you're going to be in trouble if she's listening. Oh, they were right there. They knew. Everybody was looking. And for that long? I don't know. For hours on end? It was, uh, well, the human. For hours? <laughs> no, just over the course of the afternoon. Okay. <laughs> You were you were like the the Marty McFly's dad in Back to the Future when you were a there teenager. Was no, there was nothing you? pervy about it. There was nothing weird. It's just that it was kind of surprising. Like, I mean, you know, there was. What's well, no, I don't know. <laughs> let's just say that the weapons came out of the holster a couple times. Yeah, drop that. I don't even know what that means, but that's not arable. Look at the look on Lloyd's face. He's terrified. I'm good. We're we're glad you're. Yeah, we should we should probably we should probably end it there. Uh, coming up next, Jazz Game Night pregame show. It's actually kind of oh, fun man. to laugh after the end of a show like today, yeah, Gordon. Thank it's you. It's been good a to serious one. Yeah, buddy. It's good to see you. Glad you're home safe and yeah, sound. Good to be here. All right, Jazz Game Night pregame show starts next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long.